This is Twin City Song Story. I'm your host, Mark Sweeney. Think of me sitting at home, watching the door. Minnesota-born Carolyn Wigmore returns to the Twin Cities this week to premiere her original musical, Van Winkle, a folk musical. The piece was recently named a finalist to the 2014 SNS Award, and its concept recording was named one of the 20 new musical theater recordings to look for by Broadway Direct UK. In this episode, we talk about Watching the Door from Van Winkle and how moving abroad influenced Wigmore's ear for American folk music. I'm also joined by the show's orchestrator, Jen Green. She has a lot to say about the difference between American and UK folk music and how it relates to musical theater. Van Winkle will be performed at the new Phoenix Theater on November 9th, 10th, and 11th by actors who also perform the score. For more information, visit vanwinklemusical.com. This is Twin City Song Story. Hi, I'm Caroline Wigmore, and I'm visiting here from the UK. Hi, I'm Jen Green. I work with Caroline Wigmore, and I'm the arranger orchestrator on um, Van Winkle, a folk musical. This is my first time in Minnesota. Um, I'm really excited to be here. I should also mention that I'm here courtesy of Help Musicians UK, um, who have been fantastic in supporting our project. We are going to talk about a song from Van Winkle, a folk musical, which is called Watching the Door. It's sung by Rip Van Winkle's wife, and um, we wanted to develop that character a bit more than than what was in the original story. Um, she's a bit of a harridan in the original. Yeah, she's not terribly likable, and we don't really we don't really know why she's so unpleasant. Um, I think the song gives her a chance to express what she is unhappy with in her own life. In this particular version is sung by Rachel Kurtz, who is um, from the Twin Cities. She's a singer-songwriter. That's Wanda's theme, and she's, she's pregnant in this, in this theme, or in the scene, excuse me, and um, she's just had a, a fight with her husband, and she's trying to calm down her unborn baby, who's getting a little bit worked up by, by the stress and the thunder. And so that's how we get into the song. And it's also worth mentioning that um, that theme pops up at other places in the musical as well. So it's something that Rip hears when he's ready to, to go back to his, his home. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it's a calling point for him. And so it's, it's not just in this song, it's woven in. Yep. I suppose having a song where it's just one character on stage, they're not singing to anybody. It's the musical theatre equivalent of, of a Shakespeare monologue, and it's mm-hmm. quite hard to to manage that. So mm-hmm. actually, I like that interpretation, that you've mm-hmm. got the instrumentation there mm-hmm. reflecting something that's not on stage. Mm-hmm. I think we use it as well as kind of a siren call to get Rip to want to come back to his old life. Um, he, he wanders off and leaves her at a certain point in the show, and then... Makes, tries to make a decision if he's going to come back or not. So, How much are we allowed to say? He not much up. more than that. Oh, not no, can I say he ends up in a different world? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but he hears that throughout, throughout the new world as well. Mm-hmm. 
as well. Oh, from a purely musical perspective as well, it's absolutely fantastic source material because you've got these 17th century settlers who made music with their jugs and saws and washboards. And so there's the opportunity to use those and really explore traditional American folk instrumentation within the score without it feeling like someone's gone, oh, it'd be really cool to have a musical saw in it. It, it can be part, it's part of the fabric of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I loved, really loved about working on this as well, that the instrumentation needs to be there. If you're having a barn dance, then you would you'd get a few fiddles together and someone would have a guitar and you'd strum along and we're able to pull on that Mm -hmm. and and use that as a basis for all the instrumentation throughout the musical. We're we're terming it as an actor musician musical which means that all of the all of the musicians play an instrument and they're all mobile on stage with their instruments so that doesn't mean they're playing instruments every single moment but um, and there's certain certain songs where everyone's playing at the same time and then certain songs when we just have we're more scaled down. Um, I'm from a fairly classical background, um, but obviously as an orchestrator you come across all kinds of of instrumentation. This is the first time that I've ever worked with a musical saw. (laughs) That was amazing fun. Um, We now, we have a Van Winkle musical saw um, that travels with us. us. (laughs) Yeah, it came in my suitcase. It arrived (laughs) yesterday. It got through customs. No questions either. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I've had some fantastic time just learning to play it, obviously not as well as um, as anybody who's going to play it properly on stage. Um, but, you know, just getting getting my hands around it and understanding how it works. In fact, I had a great time earlier in the summer when it had just arrived a couple of hours in my very small London garden, um, surrounded by, you know, I live in a block that has six flats in this, and I don't know what the neighbours thought, but it was so hot <laughs> I was outside in the garden. So learning to play the musical saw... The cats, the neighbouring cats joined in, so they were enjoying it. <laughs> well, I, I grew up in a small rural community, so we, like, probably a lot of church music sounded like that. And then I grew up listening to Prairie Home Companion, as we all do. Um, so those are probably two two of the biggest sources, but that's probably where I heard a lot of the music that I did hear. And that's something that obviously in the UK you don't really get in that extent. Mm-hmm. To me, folk music, you say that, I think Greensleeves, Morris dancing, which is from mm-hmm. a very, very different mm-hmm. musical tradition, different instruments, different styles, different rhythms, a different approach to, to melody um, as well, so actually having having had the opportunity to just immerse myself and listen to loads of American American folk music has been really great. After I left, I started to realize what it sounded like, what it, what American music sounded like, because if, if that's all that you hear, you don't see the contrast. And so I remember I remember going through a period where I was like, that sounds American, and I can finally identify what that is and I'd like to incorporate that theme into into the music. So you moved to the UK to give you an yeah, opportunity to listen to exactly. everything that's not American so exactly. that you can write American yep, music. Precisely. Great. Yep. <laughs> yeah, from my perspective it's really interesting to work with American musicians on the project earlier we were talking about 
growing up with with folk music and how that affects how you perform and even from a couple of rehearsals it's obvious that there's a different approach to the style of music I don't know whether that's because just purely because of the people that we've got in the room or because the style of writing is part of the of the lifeblood of actors around here because they've grown up with that style of music to an extent that it's it's not in London um I think you get a very different approach to rehearsing it. Both work incredibly well, but it's been fascinating for me seeing the difference between those. You know, if you've grown up with something, you you feel more comfortable with it. That comes with advantages and disadvantages. You're happy just throwing yourself into it. You know, you've got a bigger frame of reference for things that it sounds like, that it's similar to... Um, you're more confident with the the area. Um, if you come to it as an outsider, in a way, in the same way that I have, then you, I think that you look at it more analytically. It's easier to to unpick what's in it. You can sit there and you think, mm, yes, that's doing this for a reason. Therefore, I'll do that. So it's uh, maybe this is oversimplifying, but you could perhaps say it's a head versus heart approach to learning music. I think there's something about. Um, the American tradition that's more comfortable with improvisation and um, we have jazz in our history um, which has come to the UK but didn't grow there, didn't develop there and I think there's this kind of a, a maybe a greater comfortability with just kind of doing, trying something and seeing what it does and then changing it a little bit and <laughs> not being entirely stuck to sheet music do you think that's true? Yeah, perhaps maybe it's um, a difference, and we're making gross generalisations from a very, very small sample mm -hmm. here, but of um, of different ways of approaching music learning in, in different countries as well. I think Carolyn's hit on the point that improvisation in the UK, yes, it exists and it's very much there and alive, but it's not it's not the same tradition you you learn, I think you learn notes first mm -hmm. and then you start playing about with them afterwards, whereas I get the feeling that maybe you learn melodies and to play about with them first more mm -hmm. in the US and then the notes come later. Again, a gross generalisation. And I think that's why we work so well together. Um, you know, I come, I am very much you know, classically notation-based trained, um, which means that I, that's how I work. Caroline's from the, probably, well, am I saying I'm, the opposite end of oh the scale? Oh, yeah, well, I'm from, yeah. like, a singer-songwriter background, rock band type thing. Um, so that's completely different, and I would I would have preferred to never look at sheet music in my life if I didn't have to, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, you know, I'm much better now, but when I was younger, putting me up on stage without something, without some notes in front of me and asking me just to play, that would have been my idea of hell. I would have just melted. <laughs> um, so with that, you know, we've got, we've just got such complementary skill sets. I think that works really well. I think in musical theatre, if you can't walk away remembering anything you've heard, it's a big problem. So I, I try to write things that get stuck in people's heads, and maybe that's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and then I try and drop them in wherever I can. That's the, the conversation we were having about Wanda's theme coming back at lots yeah. of different places. Yeah, so, yeah, I guess 
this show has been really fun for me because I think particularly with, with folk music, you want to write something that just instantly gets stuck in your head. It's what I love about it as well. And it's, it's free, the melody. It mm. can go where it wants to. And I don't think that you get that in... It's rare to find that in, in melodic in songs. Mm-hmm. And now in its entirety, here's Watching the Door from Van Winkle, a folk musical. Da 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 If you should ever lose your Thank you for listening to Twin City Song Story, recorded in the piano room at the Minneapolis Central Library, produced and hosted by Mark Sweeney with support from Noise Picnic. For more information about Van Winkle, visit vanwinklemusical.com. Van Winkle premieres November 9th, 10th, and 11th at the Phoenix Theater in Uptown Minneapolis. The concept recording is available on iTunes. If you like what you heard today, please rate Twin City Song Story on iTunes and spread the word. This is Twin City Song Story.